This is Truth Pop. It's Truth Pop, or that young Catholic married couple giving you a Catholic take on faith and culture. I'm Jake. And I'm Kathy. And we're Cake. It's time for this week's Truth Pop Pick of the Week. This is Truth Pop. So the song is called I Am Woman from Emmy Malley. She actually talked to Ryan Seacrest. This show, I'm here with Ryan Seacrest. Just about how she wanted the song to be about women's empowerment. You know what? It's genuinely the most amazing and beautiful, incredible thing I've ever experienced. I can't tell you how it feels to to wake up and see all these amazing women feeling so empowered. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen the workout videos, Olympian yeah. um, videos, just all these body positivity videos, people dancing around their room, like feeling like they can finally love themselves. It's pretty much every artist's dream come true to know that your music is is really influencing people. says, I am woman. I am fearless. Great so far. Nothing wrong with that. I am sexy. Then she says, I am divine. I am feminine. I am masculine. I am anything you want. There's another part of the song where she says, I am earthly. I am heaven. So the song is basically touting the idea of, well, feminism in our culture. So honestly, most of the song, I don't really have a huge issue with. It's a song that's meant to make women feel great about themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like a few core lyrics of the song that I'm just scratching my head and thinking, well, it goes a little deeper than that. I think what you know she's saying in the song is that not only is she a woman who's meant to be treated with respect... And a woman who's meant to feel great about herself and to have great self-esteem. Well, it doesn't seem like she's finding that self-esteem in God or even anything else other than herself in that she's kind of setting herself up to that, that she possesses divine power that's innate in her, not necessarily from God or any other divine being other than the fact that she's this, this powerful person that you know no one dare come close to. So again, I, I want to be careful with how I'm talking about this song because it's it's not a bad song. It's just, I, I think, again, it's it's emblematic of where we find ourselves today with the postmodern and also feminist movement, which is taking God out of the picture. And, and it's really not offering any sort of hope. It may sound like it's meant to offer hope. The feminist movement may sound like it's empowering for women, but in this episode, we want to talk about why it's really not. And how we can better help women to embrace their God-given dignity and truly live out their call of real womanhood, the way it's meant to be lived out. So if you listen to this song, in my opinion, it it sounds empty. It it, it just sounds like she's really sad, even though she's not trying to sound sad. You can listen to the song yourself and judge for yourself. It's just my opinion. But Kathy, wouldn't you agree that it's a portrayal of the hurt in our society? It's it's very interesting to me that she says, I am feminine, I am masculine. I think that really reveals the hurt that she feels, that she feels like she has to be her own hero. She has to be um, almost like a man to protect herself. So I think that really reveals the hurt and the pain that our modern feminist movement has created in women and one thing that I've really noticed 
um, being a woman growing up in during this time is that we're told two different things. We're told two conflicting things. We're told that we are a victim, that we've been mistreated by men. But then we're also told, well, we can do whatever we want with our bodies. And our bodies are just like a tool to use. The problem with this is that it's a vicious cycle. It honestly will lead to more hurt and more abuse. If we use our bodies to do whatever we want, we're going to become more hurt. Now, let's look at what the church teaches, what true femininity is. St. Pope John Paul II talks a lot about feminine genius. Now, he never actually defines what this means, but he does use different descripting words of what it is. He says things like, we are receptive, we are sensitive, we have generosity, intuition, strength, beauty, capacity for the other. Sister Prunes Allen wrote the book, The Concept of Woman, and she defines feminine genius as the way of being, acting, and loving in the world, which manifests a unique creativity in human relationships. Basically meaning true feminine genius is exposed through relationships, how we relate to one another. We have beautiful gifts that God gave us. If you look at our bodies, we are made to receive. We are made for receptivity. Our souls, our bodies, that's reflected in the way that we look. One thing that's really important to remember is that feminine gifts are human gifts. So it's not that just women are meant to have these gifts like receptivity and maternity and sensitivity and generosity, but rather be an example to men to help them to have their own gifts in their own masculine way. We're meant to complement one another. Genesis chapter 1 Verse 27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God made us as male and female together. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. St. Pope John Paul II says, That when he says helper, he's not just referring to someone to help him to do tasks. He's referring to someone to be with him. And as women, we have the gift of being. We have that relational gift that we can relate to one another. Babe, I think you're really hitting on an important point here. You're talking about St. John Paul II and, you know, his writings. You look at scripture. There's so many wonderful church manuscripts and documents just talking about the beauty and dignity of womanhood. And I think what's really unfortunate is that we can see with our own eyes is that post-modernity and our secular culture has co-opted feminism to mean something different. And it's almost created this lie that the Catholic Church is anti-woman because of its stance on life and marriage and contraception. But here's my point, is that there's no one in the world who's more pro-woman than Jesus himself. All you need to do is look at scripture and look at the story of Jesus visiting the woman at the well and the way he talked to her. Look at the way he treated his own mother Mary with so much love, so much respect. 
I mean, remember women in that time were outcasts. They, they were marginalized. Look at the way that Jesus completely flipped those tables, no pun intended. He was setting the bar way higher than anyone in its time had ever thought would happen. That we are not meant to treat women the way that we're treating them. We are, we are meant to see women as a beautiful gift. The complementarity of man and woman, which St. John Paul II talks about, that man and woman are meant to live together in harmony. And yet we look around at our culture and feminism has produced the opposite of harmony. See, feminism has called for abortion on demand. It's called for contraception on demand. But here's where the church is right again. You look at 1968 and Pope Paul VI had this amazing encyclical, which you're going to have to look this up because it's just, it's astounding how he was completely correct about what would happen. So in the late 60s, you know, the, the bishops were, they're like, well, should we accept contraception like the rest of the world? And of course, the, the Catholic Church in Humanae Vitae said, no, that contraception is intrinsically wrong. And here's why. Not because we're trying to oppress women. No, quite the opposite. In fact, Pope Paul VI saw that contraception, the pill, would treat women like slaves. That men would would look at their, their wives or even outside of marriage and they would just want sex with no consequences. That women would be used as an object and not a woman to be treated and loved. And we have seen that. He predicted that it would open the way for infidelity in marriages, lowering of moral standards. Yep, we're seeing that. And there's so many other predictions that Pope Paul VI was right about, but we can see that the church in its beauty and wisdom is seeing that contraception is not pro-woman. Another thing is pornography, and that one should be obvious to all of us, that pornography in our culture is just so rampant, and that young boys are being exposed to this, and it's causing boys to grow up and, well, they're not really becoming men. So here's my point, is that we as men are responsible for this problem. We're, we're responsible. We need to take ownership of the fact that women are hurting. And I'm responsible myself. I struggled in the past with sexual immorality. And I'm open and honest about my brokenness within it. What I want you to come away with is that there is hope. And that there is a way to heal from this brokenness in our culture. And that's by restoring the dignity of women. And also restoring the dignity of marriage. That marriage in our culture is meant to be between a man and a woman. Again, not to impose moral strict standards, but instead for children to thrive in a society that's not broken. God cares for us and wants the best for us. Yeah, you're so right, babe, especially when you talk about pornography and being so horrific and harmful to both men and women. Um, Young boys are starting to watch this very early on. And Jason Everett, he is... Um, a chastity speaker, he talks a lot about how young boys are watching this and they're learning, they think that this is what sex is and they're wanting to experiment. And there's been a movement of young boys abusing young girls. And there's been a movement of these girls who've been abused. They're identifying themselves as asexual because they don't want to have any part of what it means to be a woman in a sexual relationship. They think that the hurt that they've been through, that's what sex is. So 
they are renouncing their own womanhood. So with the confusion that we're seeing right now when it comes to gender and sexuality, I, I understand it's a very sensitive topic. So just starting out by saying that the Catholic Church does not condemn, does not attack or marginalize any person who's struggling with their gender in whatever way. And anyone who thinks that the Catholic Church does, that's just not true. Because there is a way to, to share compassionate truth with complete love, complete respect for that person's dignity. And, and Jesus' heart really does hurt for, for that young woman or that young man who's questioning their, their gender and sexuality. And I, in, in fact, I encourage you to check out this article that I'm going to put up on our Truth Pop Facebook page from Focus, and they had just a, a really compassionate, but also just a very truthful analysis of where we find ourselves with the gender debate right now. So if you have a loved one who's struggling with that, maybe you could check it out and share it with them, at least just for more uh, education on your end. Um, but again, you know, the Catholic Church says, yeah, there's two genders. Being a man, being a woman is a gift that God doesn't make mistakes. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives as he loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so that's the reason right there in scripture why men are meant to protect women. Yes, women protect their husbands too. There's that complementarity that we talked about. Just as as a priest, you know, gives himself up for the church, well, that's what a man does when he marries a woman. He's sacrificing his life, giving up his life for her. He's actually wearing all black on his wedding day, signifying his death for his spouse. And that's why men really need to step up, myself included, because we are losing the idea of true manhood. And again, not to keep you know beating down this horse, but that's why we're seeing such a sort of pervasive idea of feminism is that women feel like they need to step up more than they're called to step up. That men don't don't give into this idea that there's a toxic masculinity out there. Jason Everett mentioned that too and said, well, no. If you're talking about a guy who's like macho, you know, only concerned about how many weights he's lifting throughout the day and, you know, he's putting down women, well, then maybe that's toxic masculinity. But I think our culture is getting it wrong about a man defending the woman. There's nothing wrong with that. So whatever that means for you as a man in a way that you're meant to grow in virtue, in a way that you're meant to protect your girlfriend from falling into sexual sin, whatever that means that we as men do not need to give into this lie that our culture is spewing, that we just need to take a, a step back. I mean, look at TV dads. Like, they're always the butt of the joke, right? Yes, that's so true. Men, they need to step up. And women also, they need to know their true dignity. They need to know their true worth. And we can do this by looking at the perfect example of femininity, Mary, our mother, she is the perfect example of what it means to be a woman. She shows her receptivity when she said yes at the Annunciation. She shows her maternity by being the mother of God, Jesus's mother. She shows her intuition at the wedding of Cana when she knew that the couple ran out of wine. Mary is our example of what it means to be a woman. And she is also the perfect disciple. So if anybody ever says that the church is against women, 
the ultimate disciple is a woman. And not only do we have Mary, but we have so many saints who are women too. I mean, look at St. Mother Teresa, St. Joan of Arc, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux. Like, and Kathy, what I love about all these different saints is that they all had different charisms and personalities. So like, they all didn't fit into one stereotype of what it means to be a woman. They all had strengths and some of them had different kinds of um, gifts and callings. And, and yet it was a beautiful example of Catholic femininity that can just really, I think, give so much, so much grace. How many truth pop points would you give this song? So based off of truth, beauty, and goodness, I would give this song a three. I think that um, it's trying. It really is, you know, the person singing this song, she's trying to find her worth but however when you don't have God it's really hard to find that and so it's easy to look for different things so when she says I am divine I am heaven I am masculine she's just getting confused about what it means to be a woman yeah you know I I completely agree with that babe so I'm going to give it a three as well but would love your thoughts about the song on our truth pop socials as well so you can follow us uh, we're on Facebook Instagram, uh, TikTok, and so you can connect in any sort of way. But also, if you want to just uh, send your thoughts about the podcast, so you can email us at truthpopproductions at gmail.com. Uh, Kathy, let's close with a Hail Mary tonight. Just to invoke our Blessed Mother, just to restore the dignity of womanhood and motherhood in our culture again. Can you lead us? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, well, we will talk to you again in two weeks. As always, subscribe, share with a friend. In the meantime, cake out. This is Truth Bob.